all you movie junkies and cinephiles, it's time for the SLS Cast with your hosts, Matt and Tim. Welcome, one and all, to episode 138 of the SLS Cast. It's a very awkward episode, but that's not what we're going to talk about. No, it's the Misfits episode of the SLS Cast. Because it turns out that the American band Misfits wrote a song entitled We Are 138. And of course, with that little bit of Misfit knowledge, being that we are a couple of them... This here is Matt, and on his fresh vacation from Sony Entertainment himself, it would be... Tim, you know, the funny thing is, is that I was actually picked up from work and brought here. So I literally came here directly from Whataburger, which I then came from Hobby Airport, which I then came from boarding, you know, an an airplane, you know, getting off an airplane, which I then came from LAX... Which is where I was dropped off by Super Shuttle that picked me up from Sony Pictures Entertainment Plaza. That is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I'm, I'm Tim in the flesh, looking, watching Matt, seeing him at 2.52 Texas time. Where on my watch it says 11.52. That's not even California time. Technically it's 12.52 California time. It's just this Fitbit doesn't know how to tell time. I think it wants to be in Hawaii. I guess. I was going to really. say it's quite the Fitbit watch you have. Here. I know. It's it's stupid. I mean, normally it's, it's like the literal Malibu, uh, not Malibu, but uh, Muscle Beach moron bodybuilder. You know? Stupid, but... Capable of kicking your ass? But capable of <laughs> of telling you to be in shape, apparently. Or, or what you're doing wrong, I guess. Yes, move your ass. Yeah. I probably just need to have that plastered all around the house. Hey, Matt, move your ass. Um, yes, here we are on the 30th of July, um, where I have been exhausted with family visiting for the last 10 days and parties being had and which was a good welcoming for me tim oh i had all these people come into the house and doing oh man so many people the past week and they left at nine o'clock and then he looks at me and here you are walking into my abode at two fifteen in the morning well, I guess I could have been a little bit more specific it was 9 a.m that my parents left <laughs> not 9 p.m so, either way, was not planning on seeing your lovely face, literally, at all, until, like, Friday or Saturday or something like that. But that's okay. That's, a, you know, it's early. It's just, it is really weird, because we don't ever see each other, and it's really weird to look at you And right it's nor- we normally have a table kind of separating the two of us. Yes, yes. And usually every but time you're you drinking... A- True, true. A lot. And, and we can probably arrange that for our next recording session. I think we might have to. We probably because... will need to be exceedingly toasty, <laughs> I guess is the word we're looking for. Um, you look like a, like, like, a, like, a, like a Sunday preacher who invited me over to his house so I can receive a talk of some sort. 
Well, because the, the rocking chair you're in, you're wearing the salmon. I offered you in the shorts. Oh, I, you haven't. I offered you a rocking chair. You did, and you simply said to me, "I don't know which one's funnier." And then you took a regular chair. I don't. I don't get it. Well, I mean, if you were going to go for funniest, my my daughter's uh, little Liberty chair is over there, the beach chair. Then we also have the collapsible camping chair. That's Evie's chair over there. I mean, we could have gone full on funny. How can the poor child reach the table if that chair is in front of? I I just moved it over there. Was like, oh shit! I need to pick up a little bit around here. So so instead of folding the camping chair and, and like storing it in a closet, away. I told the kids no. I told the kids to put it away before they went to bed, and they didn't do any of the shit. <laughs> see all this stuff that's been sitting there since Sunday. Do you see that? What day are we on? Technically, it's Thursday. That shit on the coffee table is from Libby's birthday party on Sunday. So yes, I promise we don't live in squalor, but it is messier than it's supposed to be around here. No, it's nice. It is nice. I like I like the color, the wallpaper, uh, the, the the wallpaper. The wallpaper looks just, just like, like paint. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's a special kind of wallpaper. But you, you have a neat, you have a cool setup now? Yes, the, I do like it. I, I actually um my wife had some friends come over. I think did I tell this story already? I don't know. My wife had some friends come over and she's like, Oh yes, here's our house and gives them the tour and oh and they're all like, Oh wow, this is nice. And then they literally just stopped and they're like, Wow, now tell us about this and it was my rig setup, so Do you have a friend, air quotes on friend, that would show up and you like ho- like showing them around the house and just hoping they will notice your two, uh, what size are your monitors? They are 32-inch LEDs. 32 LED? Like, what if, like, a friend that would walk in, take one look at your your 32-inch LEDs and go, I have 48-inch 4K 3D. Three of them. <laughs> Back at my house. I would be like, we're going to your place. <laughs> that's pretty much, that's all that would so happen. So it wouldn't be like, you're an asshole friend, but... Why aren't we at your place? That right. would be your... No, no. I tell... As a matter of fact, I've had a couple of my friends from work and stuff who are into gaming and whatever. Yeah. And I just call them up and be like, dude, you need to stop by and see my rig. That's what I've been telling people. You know, I'm like, yeah, you got to come over and see it's all it's cool. set up and looks good. Yeah. And uh, so they're like, yeah, and they're drooling over it and everything. And I'm like, yes. And, uh, you know, because it's, it's kind of like the one thing in my life I have going for me. So... <laughs> <laughs> As one of as one of your kids is uh, in the hallway, just looking at you and just crying. After seriously, that. <laughs> have we woken them up yet? I don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah, well, my setup is worse than this. I record on a bed. I record on a bed. <laughs> hey, and an end table. Don't you have like your laptop on the end table? I thought you said no. You... I, I have a circular table that is half the size of that. That my he's pointing at a tray table that uh, I'm a, sitting at a that small, I'm using for a drink stand at the moment. Yes, that his large quintin sized cup is on. He has an official quintin sized cup too. Don't let him fool you. Don't I, let I him, do too. Uh, <laughs> of, wa- of water. I even asked him. I have nice, small, stately glassware, and I was like, "Would you like the small, uh, or would you like a medium?" Like. Oh wow, we're getting some water, or do you want the oh my god, that's a lot of water cup? And he's like, I want the Quentin size cup. And so, since I drink a lot of water, um, which is probably about the only thing I do that's healthy, um, <laughs> uh, you know, he's like, I want the Quentin. I gave him the oh my god, it's a lot of water cup. So, yeah. 
And I still have water left, That's so true. it works. <laughs> exactly. If I had given you the the small stately glassware, you'd be out by now. I know. I yeah. would be having to pause and awkwardly walk away while I stare at you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you walking away backwards slowly? Cause you're I am. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. For a good ten minutes before I actually we need to walk, we need to like walk, uh, you know, like uh, start typing out a script here. And I ran out of water. So I slowly backed away while staring. It's like the sequel to the Shia LaBeouf song. So, the Shia LaBeouf song? Have you never seen the Shia LaBeouf song? Nope. Oh my god. We're going to fix that after the show. I swear to god. We're, you were, you're going to have the best like 3 minutes and 52 seconds you've had in a long time. Depending on your sex life. I don't know. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. but yeah. So Matt uh, moved into a new house. And I have to say that. Uh, I didn't. I, well, I knew I had an idea of where you moved to, um, and I'm not going to give away where you live. But I will say that uh, during my college years, my community college years, I have a friend that lives over by the gully area nearby. Okay, sure. And um, so we would spend a lot of time doing really bad things over here. And one, I, I, I've, I've received many of tickets out here. Some of the best tickets I've ever received were at that stop sign right before you get to that gas station. Man, that is a wicked stop sign to miss when a cop is there. But what I noticed, or maybe I just didn't notice, that usually there used to be a, a, a house with a hearse in the driveway. It was like a hearse. Two hearses. And it's still there? The two hearses are still there. Yes, but only one runs now. Really? Yes. Do, does now, it... because I, I live in my delivery area now. I used right. to not live in my delivery area, but now I live in my Papa John's delivery area now. So when I was always out and about in my travels, I would see the the Hersville. And apparently, uh, in ha- uh, Halloween time, uh, they like to decorate. So that's about the only time it's appropriate that they have the two hearses in the driveway. I don't know. Maybe they got a good deal. And that's why they, you know, maybe it was the only way that they could afford Cadillacs, you know. I thought it was a station wagon. They said there was a good deal. I didn't know about the stains in the back. I mean, you know, whatever, right? I don't know. And, uh, but only one of them runs now. I wonder so. if they're an Uber driver. Like, do they, do they, do they have, do they have Uber hearses? <laughs> I don't know, considering that there's like so many governments suing Uber right now. No, yeah, well, a they couple. Might, Uber, Uber itself might need a Cadillac hearse. Maybe that doesn't run. Yeah. Oh man, Uncle Ronnie died. Oh well, I need a, I need to transport him on the cheap. <laughs> Uber hearse. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's that's gonna be great. So, how was your week, other than it being bombarded by folk? Um. It was, I mean, it was definitely nice to catch up with the family and have, and, and see, I like, I hadn't seen my brother, um, in four and a half years. I think it's been since I've seen my brother. Uh, it has been at least, uh, eight years since I'd seen, um, my sister. So, I mean, it was really good to see them and, uh, you know, meet uh meet my brother's new wife and you know uh his new kids and everything um now they have a blended family in there and uh it's good to see you know nieces i hadn't seen for a while and of course always good to see my mom and dad uh, 
and, and because I often refer to dad a lot, yeah. um, strictly speaking, mom and stepdad, but after almost 30 years, I call him dad too. So I think he <clears throat> earned it. <laughs> Pretty sure. Pretty sure. So anyways, but yeah, so um, aside from, you know, just kind of being worn out from company for 10, ten days, um, you know, it was still good. We did lots of cigar smoking and lots of beer drinking and whiskey drinking and tons and tons of smoking and grilling outside because I got to use my Oklahoma Joe that Tim finally got to see. Uh, and we did all that, um, and yeah, it was just, so that all, all that aspect of it has, was very nice, but, um, a lot of just hanging around the house, spending time together. We also refinished our dining room table, which, uh, desperately needed it. It's, it actually belonged to my Mimi and granddaddy and got passed down to me and it's a 54 year old table. Oh. And it desperately needed to be refinished so we that would have been the year i would have guessed yes yeah i I counted the creases the the notches i'm I'm gonna take it to uh i don't know do they still do antiques roadshow they do on pbs okay very good only only in alabama i think hey alabama's only two states away i think right something sounds about right yeah but it takes like eight days to get there (laughs) (laughs) driving straight through good old i-10 yeah (laughs) Anyway. Well, next week on Terry Gross, or Fresh Air with Terry Gross. Um, So, no, but, uh, so, yeah, so that was really nice, sanding it, you know, restaining it and doing all the uh, uh, polyurethane and all that good stuff on it and everything, so. Did you huff it? Did you get high? No. No, there wasn't already enough alcohol in play. We didn't need to add that to it. So, I did, I'll tell you what, though, I came very close to actually getting... Um, like a head cold though because stupid us we did not use the we didn't we didn't use any face masks so here we are sanding just power sanding the all of you know 54 years of lacquer and stain and uh, scratches and marker stuff and paint and everything else off this table and of course sawdust is just right all up into your face and I did. I was like blowing my nose for like two days. I thought I was gonna start getting like a, you know, head cold or something <laughs> from just crap up in my sinuses. But we escaped. We were good. I went to Las Vegas. How'd you do? Funny you should say. <laughs> so okay. So backstory. <laughs> uh, well, you didn't lose all your money at the Cadillac Ranch, did you? The what? Oh, nice answer. That is a very good answer, <laughs> sir. Well done. Well played. Carry on. Or the chicken ranch? Is, is that it, is that it now? The, is it the chicken head ranch or whatever? I don't know. I just thought it was... You, I'm talking about the bordello. Or is that what you're talking about? Well, yeah. I thought it was Cadillac Ranch. Isn't it Cadillac? Or is it... Chicken ranch? Oh, Well, no, I know I'm there's thinking... a chicken ranch. I know there's a chicken ranch. But well, I there, there used was... to be the chicken ranch. I don't Best know. little whorehouse in Texas. Well, yeah, going down to the chicken ranch. You weren't... But that was in Texas. You were in Nevada. I should have been in Nevada. Oh. Okay. And I was. <laughs> so, right, backstory. Okay, so I went... Okay, um, okay. so I stayed at the Monte Carlo. Um, uh, I, I, that is... Doesn't matter. So, first day there... First day, first day there... Um, I know. I know. 
<laughs> I told you this. Fifteen would minutes. I told you. This I know. Would <laughs> All right, Monte Carlo. Okay. Uh, so uh, a friend of mine, kind of sorta, uh, an old friend, uh, is working in Vegas. So we, we met up. We were walking around. We were taught We ate, had a few drinks. We we're walking through the casinos because he hasn't uh, living there for about a month. He still hasn't kind of walked through the casinos. So we were walking through, and the cool thing about the Monte Carlo is that you go from the Monte Carlo to the Aria Hotel to the Cosmopolitan, then to the Bellagio Hotel that you can do the ramp over to uh, Caesar's Palace and do Paris and the Venetian and all that stuff. So we were kind of walking through, and about like midway through the walk, we've both, I mean, I had maybe four or five drinks, and I thought, you know, I, I am not a gambler. I didn't think that. I'm just telling you, I am not a gambler. But I thought in my head... Tim, you are not a gambler, but you've got to at least try, do the slot machines, do something. Sure, so I was like, sure, yeah, not, not a problem. You know, I, I have a strict policy, you know, uh, you know, 20 bucks for something like slot machines, 20 bucks, I'm not going to waste a penny more. So I was like, okay, so I pulled out a $20 bill. And I was really gung-ho about it. It's like, you know what, 20, 20 bucks, this feels like my lucky slot machine. Because you know how people, you know, they have like their lucky slot machines. They, they, oh, the the slot machines call them in some way. Absolutely. People are sitting in front of the, the Back to the Future slot machine. People are sitting in front of really weird slot machines. So I found a Texas slot machine. A big oil ranch, very racist slot machine it wasn't okay i didn't realize it was racist until i started playing it and it became racist as i did it so i i put the 20 dollar bill in and i'm like yeah i don't know what to and then and i wasn't really looking at the slot machine before i did that and i was expecting you put the money in you push a button there or you push a button and you push another button and it right, goes sure yeah Nice hand flap, by the way. You're welcome. <laughs> so I put the $20 in, and then I look down, and they ask you like 50 questions. Like, how do you want to bet this? How many lines do you want? I don't know what you're talking about. You have lines going like this and like this. Sure. And so a buddy, and so the guy who I was with, he was like, dude, bet all of it. Max bet. That's the only button I know on here. So I push max bet, do that lose immediately get right up and be like fuck you i'm getting the fuck out of this casino and went on my merry way the last day there i thought i'm gonna put some more money in <laughs> i have time i mean i just you know i'm gonna i'm gonna put some money in so i put some money in um and 20 I, bucks again i i played <laughs> kind of i played <laughs> i played the i <laughs> I played the... Well, I need to know. I mean, <laughs> if I'm going to be impressed by what you're about to pull out of your shirt pocket, I said shirt pocket. Remember, that was the pocket that I said. If I'm about to be impressed by what you're about to pull out of your shirt, don't I need to know how much you put in first? No, not at all. Because it, oh, it's okay. the amount that's in here that's hilarious. Oh, okay. So, right. uh, so I put the money in, and it's the go- it's a Ghostbusters one. I don't know why, but it's like, okay, well, maybe, yeah, Sony, whatever, Columbia, whatever. I work for them. Whatever. Maybe, 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 maybe I'll Are win you allowed to win if you work for Sony? Am I allowed <laughs> to do this podcast if I work for Sony? Well, yes. But <laughs> that doesn't necessarily, you know, payouts are not granted employees of Sony or any of its subsidiary companies or anything like that. I don't know. I just, you know. So I put my money in and I win something. This is the first time I've ever won anything. <laughs> 
won anything on a slot machine <laughs> or a gambling period. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, oh my god that's fantastic are you are you just gonna frame this or what well here's the thing how, how much is on it <laughs> we have a uh <clears throat> as you can hear there we have an an official monte carlo gaming voucher from the 26th of, Ju- of July, in the amount of 10 cents. That is right. And the hilarious part is, because I thought, you know, when I first saw this, well, you know, it's, I, I won 10 cents. That's great. But I didn't win 10 cents. This is what I had left out of the money that I put in the slot machine. It wouldn't accept anything else for me to bet Ten cents. (laughs) For whatever it's worth, the story is worth ten cents. I mean, (laughs) this. I mean, wow. Okay, so I'm guessing it was larger than a twenty dollar bill that you put in. It was five dollar. It was five bucks. Oh, so okay. no, but it, it, but it was. It's the principle, you know. It's, I no, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. It I was understand. five. Bucks. I mean, I just lost twenty five bucks, which is fine. You know what? No, technically, you know, you, you it's valid for one hundred eighty days. You have currently only lost twenty four dollars and ninety cents. True. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, but Rush was a great concert. That's what I went there to, to, for for Rush. And, oh, okay. and there's more. I'll tell later Vegas stories. Oh my god, later. that's hilarious. Yeah, that really is cool. I'm sorry. I <laughs> I would fucking just frame that, you know, <laughs> like and with 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 the with like a little reminder. And you didn't even win. It's, just, <laughs> it's like you know, conversation piece. It'll be great. It'll be great. What does this mean? Yeah. All right. So. It is currently 3.12 in the morning on the 30th of July. Uh, so we are having a, an oddly truncated episode where we're now spent 22 minutes instead of our normal 10 or 12 bullshitting about whatever random stuff. Or 18. Yeah, or 18. Whatever is what it's supposed to you know, The 10 to 12 is what it's supposed to be. So we're just going to go ahead and do movies. There's, We already had announced that there wasn't going to be a bonus segment this week, but we're not even going to do news. We don't have time. Yeah, my flight was delayed, and I had to get Whataburger, and that line takes like 30 minutes. Yes, and I don't even know what you were going to do to look up news anyway, because... Why'd you look at my penis? I was. I thought you had your phone in your hands or something. No, I, my hand. I, Why do you have your penis out? <laughs> well, <laughs> as 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 one of my kids comes down the hall and just cries. What? <laughs> All right, Daddy, you were my hero. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we've got three movies this week. We have. Oh wait. Are we. we, we Movies! Oh, yes. Movies, 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 movies. movies, movies, movies. Because movies. we don't have the special effects to do. Uh, those are on... The, those movies. Are on, <laughs> those are on Tim's computer. Why doesn't your cup ever do cool sound effects? Movies. Oh, it can, movies. It's, it's, a, it's a cup. Only cup. And I did it for Johnny White Trash, but uh, for available in ADHD. The only thing it can do is Bane. All cups do Bane. That's all they do. Bang? Bane. Well, that's why I'm... Oh. 
It's like, hey, begin. See? Can know. you say any other line? Sure, one? sure, I can, I can. Are you ready? Let the movies begin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, movies this week. What We Do in the Shadows, The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened, and Joe Dirt 2, Beautiful Loser. Where do you want to start, sir? I'm going to pull up our movie list, which I should have done probably before we started. What Matt just said, since his back has turned completely You'll away. probably hear it. It was more than likely you could hear that. It's entirely possible. N- it's <laughs> one movie. I pulled up. I pulled let's, up our ratings thing. I, I already know how you feel about this one, so let's go with uh, with the death of Superman lives. Okay. <clears throat> and Matt is still there. We go. There we go. All right. Death of Superman lives. What happened? It's a 2015 American documentary film written and directed by John Schnepp. And basically, this is literally chronicling the beginnings of development all the way through the termination of production on the feature film, The Death. Or Superman Lives. I'm sorry, Superman Lives. In depth. Yes. Now, this movie, I was very much looking forward to. Um, I've been looking forward to it for a very long time. And so... I finally get to start the movie, and I, I, I my, my dad, he decided to watch it with me, so we sat down and we watched it together here. And then the movie starts, and this John uh, Schnapp guy, right? Is that the guy who's actually yeah. doing the interviews? Yeah. Right? Okay. <clears throat> um, yeah, also conducts the interviews. Okay. Thank you, Wikipedia. And he starts off with this less than intriguing monologue and i'm and i immediately say to myself okay this guy doesn't need to be doing any more talking at all for the rest of this documentary and he more or less does not talk after that because the because he pretty much is just cutting to um the people discussing whatever aspects of production they were doing. Kevin Smith, Tim Burton. Um, he's also doing uh, Lorenzo di Bonaventura. All that kind of stuff. And just cutting to their answers. Um, and there's just tons and tons of artwork and concept stuff and some um, rather um, cutesy attempts at reenactments of supposed scenes from the movie that would have been, that never was, the once and future Superman lives. Um, But it just, it's like literally rehashing. I don't know, maybe it was like subtle brilliance where this guy was trying to give you an in-depth feel of what it's like to be in development hell until you want the movie to be over just like everybody else ended or just like you know Warner Brothers or whatever wanted it to be over I don't know but this movie drags on for fucking ever for me it really does I mean I just don't understand uh it just it totally lost me. It was too much information to basically for it to have boiled down to 
Warner Brothers was back in all the wrong horses, started losing money, and got scared by this project, and then dumped it. I mean, that, that's ostensibly what happened. They got scared, and they backed Will Smith instead of Nicolas Cage. And even that fucking sucked for him as well. So, for me, it is, it is interesting. And I think that um, as a subject, it is really interesting to see how a film gets into pre-production, starts moving along, and then finds itself in development hell. What happens, more or less, while you're in development hell, and truly termination of a of a film so from that angle it is interesting but i just think that they take way way too long way too much concept art like these are like the concept art that they show in and of itself is really really cool but i think it's something that you could scroll through in an uh you know in an imager gallery or whatever you don't necessarily need it to be slow pan ken burns style with people just talking about the same things over and over and over again in the background um the holy grail film footage though of all the costumes set uh tests and everything with nick cage and all that good stuff that was that was definitely really interesting but it was just way too long way 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 too long and because of it being way 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 too long i give it 2.25 what refute um, no, I, I can. I understand where you're talking, where you're coming from, um, especially with John Schnepp's presence in the film or in the documentary. But I, I gotta see. I like the depth that it went into the the typing. The typing is bothering me. The typing. It's going to keep going, bro. we got things to do. Let's the, go. the typing. <laughs> um, keep on going, dude. It's I, I am so distracted by that. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. Done. Good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not editing this out, by the way. It's just it's gonna be awkward fucking silence. No, no, we gotta we gotta uh thirty minutes. Okay. Um I really like the depth that this movie went into. Uh but though I do understand what you're saying about John Schnepp, the uh director and interview conductor, and a lot of people were saying that uh in, in reviews and articles I read about this movie that they were saying that he was kind of annoying and at some parts during the movie, you could just tell that I think, you know, that that maybe he just really wanted to be the star of a documentary or like something involving Superman. So that's why he was kind of like putting himself in there because a lot of people were saying that it was it it was more shots there it was way too much shots of the guy doing the documentary opposed to just the person. Uh, that's actually, you know, speaking during the interviews. Like, the, the person who is not conducting the interview, who is the interviewee. Being interviewed. Being yeah, interviewed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I can see how that's a little, a little annoying. But I do like how in-depth that the movie goes into, because I kind of looked at it like a really long special feature, like the making of documentary of a movie that you would find on a, on a Blu-ray or DVD, you know, you get and stuff like that. 
kind of. Okay, I just would like to interject one thing, which is so much easier to do when we're in the same room together. So I'm sorry. But I, I can certainly, that makes a lot of sense. What you just said about it being kind of like a feature-length bonus featurette, like a behind-the-scenes featurette, mm-hmm. that's great. But you generally don't pay for that. And you generally don't go into that for the sake of just having that. That's usually why it's a bonus feature and you can kind of enjoy that along with having just experienced the movie that it was about. So I could totally see The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened, being a bonus feature on Superman Lives. It came anyway. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But as as a movie, as its standalone film or documentary or whatever, I think it needs more than that. But I, th- but personally, I do think it does deliver. I was very much looking forward to this movie. I've always heard about it for a. L- I, I remember during Batman and Robin, hearing about the uh, you know uh, the idea of Nicolas sure. Cage doing same. this movie, same. and it was the same time when they were talking about doing people. They were you know doing Spider Man was up in the air, and so it was a very exciting time for you know superhero movies because, I mean, as a kid, I didn't mind Batman and Robin because I was a stupid kid. I didn't really know a whole lot about Batman other than the Tim Burton Batman movies and the cartoon. And right. for some reason, I like the idea of Mr. Freeze being, you know, on the mo- in the movie. And do you have... I have Bat- Superman comics over there. I was just actually going to see if I could pull them out surreptitiously so you could see just how much of a Superman fan I actually am. But I didn't want to distract you again. Oh, yeah, Mr. Typey. <laughs> uh, anyways, so... Um, but I okay. Um, but I was really looking forward to it because I like the idea of Tim Burton coming on and doing something a little bit different and a little bit new. And however, during that time and up until I heard of, or until I watched the documentary, I thought that the movie was going to be something completely different. And like what they were talking about with Brian Singer uh, when he was doing Superman Returns, Returns and right. he would pull out that mm-hmm. picture of Nicolas Cage. Sure. And just say, you know, when the studio guys were giving Brian Singer shit about something, he'd pull out this and say, well, I mean, look what you guys were going to do with Nicolas Cage being Superman. Well, that's not how he was supposed to look. People didn't realize that that was all pre-production. Like, that was And that was also, like, the worst single photo to lock on. Exactly. And they show you the video of that picture being taken. And it's literally him... And there were there were hundred like maybe a hundred pictures that were taken. Right, and you know, it wasn't and the camera one. just like waiting. The camera was like constantly going. Exactly, that whole thing. And so stuff like that was very interesting. So <clears throat> I really like seeing what the movie really was going to be like. And with that aspect, yeah, I can totally see it being uh, being shorter because I, I can't remember how long it was. Maybe I like an hour and forty. Forty four minutes, I think. Yeah, so I mean, it it easily could have been an eighty minute movie because I do agree it does get a little bit a little bit repetitive, especially during the last maybe twenty minutes of the movie. But what I did really like is getting to know who the bad guys were uh, during the production of the movie and who the assholes were that actually ruined the movie. And just seeing what, like, the the heart and soul, like, all these the people behind, like, the, the artists were putting into the movie. And, like, they were really excited and what Tim Burton was really wanting to bring to the movie. And so there's a lot of passion and devotion to the project. As you can see by some of the interviews, like, people were really kind of torn up about it. Uh, kind of torn up. 
It's because they're they're really I mean they're kind of well, looking back on 20, it. Yeah, I was gonna say that it's you know retrospective twenty years later almost. So. Right, right. But they were almost looking at the artwork like you know this. I mean, we did some beautiful stuff, and they did. And so I honestly didn't mind looking at the artwork the way they talked about it because it was they were passionately talking about the artwork. And yes, it does get repetitive at times. But the producer, it was great seeing how that producer John something something something. He used to be uh, a producer over at Sony, and then he went to Warner Brothers. But he is the one that had a huge hand in fucking up the death of Super... Or fucking up Superman lives. Wasn't that Lorenzo D. Bonaventura? Wasn't that... Or was uh, John Lorenzo, Peters? No, it was John, John Peters. Peters. Yeah, John yeah. Peters. And you actually get to see... Because he's also interviewed in this movie. And even without the people talking about him and telling you stories about how loony and crazy this guy is, you can see him be loony and crazy on his own. And I thought that was very interesting because it definitely starts to come together at close to the, close to the end of the movie. So I guess with all that, that's why I really didn't mind the movie too much being a little bit repetitive and maybe a little bit overlong. I still give this movie four stars based on the entertainment value uh, and whatnot. So, four stars for me. Okay. Where do you want to go from there, sir? Matt, Matt, Matt. What? Well, we don't have time to rehash all this shit. Let's go. What do you want to do? Uh, I mean, what more is there to say? Oh, what we do in the shadows. Okay. What we do in the shadows. Another documentary. <clears throat> ah, it's fine, I promise. It no, it's not. <clears throat> what we do in the shadows. Another documentary. It's a mockumentary, but whatever. So this is a film um, featuring four different vampires who live together in a flat in New Zealand and in Wellington. <clears throat> And their misadventures and lifestyle leading up to an annual event for vampires and other creatures of the night that in this particular scenario exist just just like as normally as any other human on the planet. Um, it also shows their... And it also shows in a much in a very humorous way and in sometimes kind of a I don't want to say poignant is definitely not the right word but definitely a um, thoughtful way the issues that surround all of the lore regarding vampires so for example um, they often want they're creatures of the night and they like to go to nightclubs but much like a vampire, you have to be invited in. So they spend a lot of time trying to get invited into various <laughs> various nightclubs, but the bouncers are like, dude, what, what the hell? Guys, get out of here. So they go to their happening night spot that's actually run by a vampire, and it's the biggest vampire nightclub or whatever, and there's like 12 people inside. <laughs> so, um, and so it's really, it's there's a lot of clever stuff that goes into this movie. Um I think, though, that despite it being a mockumentary, and I think they were, 
I truly think they were kind of going for a horror version of Spinal Tap. That and, and to a large degree, I believe that they succeeded. There are definitely a lot of good laughs to be had here. And I think that they definitely worked on creating a true documentary style that... Um, that lends credence to the legitimacy of the film, despite its being a mockumentary overall. The problem is, though, is that some of the gags that they pull are meant to be awkward and are meant to be poorly executed so that it lends itself to the humor involved, but it ends up, um, but it oftentimes ended up, because of its repetition, Leaning towards, um, not, not Zombievers, um, what was the one with Uncle Slavko? Love in the Time yes, Love of in the Time. Monsters. It ended up being, it ended up being a lot more like Love in the Time of Monsters. And the, and the biggest case in point on this one would definitely have to be the flying. Whenever the vampires would fly. And again, the first couple of times it happens, it's funny. You get that it's awkward. You get that it's supposed to be that way and definitely lending to it. But it's too awkward. And so while it's kind of cute and one time I thought was legitimately funny when a new vampire is trying to fly into the window and he can't quite get it. And it's so obvious that he's on wires. But again... It's meant to be obvious because they're just trying to make it funny. But at, beyond that, it just looks like poor production and um, not very good directing in that, in that regard. Um, this was a team effort, by the way, from Jermaine Clement of Flight of Concord's fame and Taika uh, Waititi. Right? Takia? Is that how you say that? No, Taika. Taika. Yeah, I said it right the first time. Um, why? What was that last name again? Right, Taika Waititi. What? Wait, one more time. <laughs> Shut up. You gotta do what? <laughs> you gotta tuck in your Waititi. <laughs> You're funny. All right, so you heard it. <clears throat> um, I don't know. So there, it definitely has a story, a plot resolution. Uh, the characters are fascinating, but sometimes, again. They fall into um, it, it falls into awkwardness that's meant to be funny but doesn't succeed. At the end of the day, though, definitely laughed, did enjoy myself. Uh, I got to give this one three point. Mm, oh, what the hell! I'm delirious here. We'll give it three point five. Confession on my part, um, I didn't get to finish this movie because I stupidly chose to finish Joe Dirt 2 instead of watching this movie first. I, I watched, I think, uh, probably about 75% of the movie, and what I saw was very good, well executed, and very funny, and I can definitely see where Matt is coming from. But I... Uh... You all right there? 
YTT! YTT. Um, so did I say it wrong? No, you know. did. No, you did. I'm just like repeating it. Oh, YTT. Okay. Um, but it was. It's. But it's also a, a well-made movie. I thought, though you don't really see any of the wires when they're flying. Uh, there's a great scene where uh, where they're trying to. I guess, abduct a couple and they succeed in abducting one of the people and the other person is running through the house. And so the the documentarian, the camera guy is following him through the house. And the, how they shot it, it looked like it was one continuous shot. But it was legitimately, like, they did some really cool stuff. Like, people, like, some people were coming out of random, like... Like it was good trick gags. I'm just, I'll just say that so I don't give anything away. And some of it was actually pretty, you know, kind of scary, and it was well done. But then again, you know, like what Matt was saying, the jokes do kind of run its course, especially when you start doing and relying on the same gag multiple times. And it's not like they do it over and over and over and over again, twenty different times. But even three times doing the same thing can be too much um so as of right now i will have to give it 3.75 though again i only watched the first uh 75 percent of it the ending is really good is it really good the ending is really okay i mean is watching the first anything any and also by the way i loved the, the interactions with the werewolves in this movie oh yeah werewolves were hilarious the lead alpha werewolf or whatever yeah is rice actually from, derby yeah he's yeah. actually from the flight of the concord show yeah um so, a couple of techies yeah it, it was just uh yeah what are you techies doing here yeah i thought the ending of the show definitely or the ending of the movie it was would completely put the nail in the coffin on the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, the movie has a stellar opening. I love the opening. And Jermaine Clement is great. I mean, I've, I've not seen him in a, you know, in a movie where he was not good. You know? Him personally. Not saying no, that the no, movie I'm just, was good. I'm, I'm trying to think. He was in... He was Boris the bad guy in Men in Black 3. Yep. Uh, he was in what I think was a, an underrated movie, Gentleman Broncos, directed by Jared Hess, of Napoleon Dynamite fame. I, have we covered that? We didn't. We haven't done no. that. Okay. No. Okay. No, 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 I don't think I've seen that one. No, that's a, he was good in that one. But Keep going. You're doing good. No, that was it. 3.75. Oh. <laughs> and that score rounds out to... Three point six two five. As you can. All right. So, <clears throat> I assume we should be dead tied on this last one. It leaves us with Joe Dirt too. Beautiful loser. And this is the twenty fifteen comedy film. Um, and this is actually free on Crackle. Again, please don't pay for this movie ever. And. Okay, now, I wanted to watch this movie... It's free until, like, tomorrow, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it's free through the end of this month. So, all right, here's the thing, guys and gals. I felt that this movie was important to cover. Not because I thought in any way, shape, or form that this was going to be a good movie. I wanted this to be an exercise in why things are always better in your head. 
Everybody wants to see sequels to certain movies. Everybody wants to see reboots to certain franchises. Everybody wants to see some kind of continuation or prequel or offshoot or spinoff or fan fiction or something like that. And the thing is, is that cult followings exist because there are like-minded people. But even when there's like-minded people, the vision is usually self-contained. Your vision for how something should have gone is not going to be the same as the vision of someone else who, who shares your love for the same subject and passion for what it is that you want to see happen. And Joe Dirt falls into that. Joe Dirt happened to come along at a time when the 90s comedy was dying, but because the movie struck a very good balance between being lovable and pathetic, it it walked that line very well, it developed a good following. And I remember watching Joe Dirt when it first came out, uh, because I was getting all the hype from my friends. and Oh, you got to see it. It's, it's just really funny. And I remember watching it. And I did enjoy it. I didn't, even then, I didn't think it was like the best movie in the world by any stretch of the imagination. I would give it a three stars, you know, for, I mean, I liked it. But I didn't think it was anything that special. But people have been clamoring for this since, literally, since like 2003, people have been clamoring for this stuff. So... Uh, they finally were able to get it all worked out. And then when it comes out, be careful what you fucking wish for because you just fucking got it. This movie is an absolute fucking train wreck beyond the 25 seconds that Dennis Miller says something at the opening, which I thought was hilarious. But after that, it's just not funny. It's literally not funny. It is virtually unwatchable. Until the time-traveling twister. that You heard that fucking right. It's a goddamn time-traveling fucking twister. And then the movie becomes... Slightly bearable, I guess we could say. I'll just go with slightly bearable. But then even that turns out to be a red herring by the time it's all said and done. And you can totally see it being the way it being set up that it was. Um... He he is no longer the lovable loser or beautiful loser, as the uh, subtitle of the film would would imply. He is literally now just pathetic, and it makes and the movie the movie's pathetic because of it. So I can appreciate what they wanted to do, and I can appreciate that they were trying to do some fan service, but it's just not good. I'm surprised the the thing that surprises me most is that they literally got everybody from the first movie back. It's like did they not hand out scripts? I you know, did did everybody come up based on a dare? I don't I don't know. Um this movie is complete and utter garbage from the writing to the acting to the directing to the cinematography to even the choice of music. They couldn't even get the music right this time for me. And they try to even make a play on it at the beginning of the movie. And, I, yeah. So, I'm not going to say zero fucking stars because I think it's important that this movie be an object lesson in keeping shit in your head because it'll always be better in your head. But it's still zero stars. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I mean, <laughs> uh, I okay. I say this, and I know I've done it before, and I've I've been trying really hard to not. Speci- I I don't like calling people out that have made movies or that make movies that we don't like because I try to find aspects that I do enjoy. This one is hard. You cannot. Okay. The only good aspect about this movie are the glimpses of, of, of comedic moments provided by David Spade that are like, that are like the little morsels of comedy, comedic talent that you saw in Joe Dirt. Like his little, uh, like, for example, when he gets married or whatever, and he's taking his bride into his car, and people are coming out throwing the bird seed, and there, there's that one guy just pelting him with the bird seed. Right. And he's like, hey, man, ow, cut it out, man. I think that's funny. Only because I have an uncle that kind of looks like him and does that same kind of thing. Okay, hey, man, cut, cut it out, man. Hey, kind of, you know, doing that stuff. That was really the only thing. Stuff kind of like that. And again, it's too far in between. Nothing is... Well, it's not even too far in between. It's too far from beginning to end. (laughs) Really. And um, there's... Most of the comedy either relies on the exposition or relies on the first movie. Like rehashing old dialogue. Rehashing old jokes. Uh, not even just rehashing, but also like reinventing the jokes by making it uh, like there's a, the, one of the best little jokes from the first one is when he's naming off all the fireworks. Right. And then in this movie, he's naming off uh, sex stuff. And that reminds me of another thing. This movie is rated R. If you put a mo- rating on this movie, it is rated R. I think they throw the F word out maybe four times and they talk about some pretty raunchy stuff, which also brings me another thing about Crackle. Why don't they advertise that this it's free on any device, and why don't they advertise that this movie has suggestive content? Why don't they fucking do that? And I'm pretty sure you see boobs at the end of the movie when he goes into that club or whatever. And that's a, this is all another thing. Well, I didn't notice the full frontal on the boobs. Yeah, I could have been wrong. Maybe I was just wanting to see that to get something out of the movie. But... Other than the movie being piss poor, that's another thing. Is regular? I mean, not in regulating, but how are you going to keep kids from watching this shit? Not only because of language, but because this movie fucking sucks. And maybe that's why they want to get whoever to watch it. So you know, kids won't care. I don't know. I, I would. The only the only thing I would say as a counter to your thought is that comedy, even in a sequel, is is all about timing. You can only do so much to recycle or rehash, uh, especially when you're dealing with content because it is a sequel and there are going to be certain things that, that uh, you'll want to see carried on from the original in the sequel so that you, know, you can pull the butt of the joke out a little bit longer. And, that, and to, a, to a certain extent, that's okay, especially when you have characters that people like, so certain traits or things that they did could follow theoretically in the next film. But... All comedy, all comedy relies on timing, without fail. Um, even if it's even if it's the timing of the camera and when the reveal happens, if it's not, if it's, it has nothing to do with dialogue. And this this movie has none. The camera moves so much in this movie, 
if you watch the first one, the movie just plays out on its own. Right. Which which makes it which relies on the jokes, the writing, and it relies on the performances. And yeah, it's not Academy Award worthy performances, but the whole joke about Christopher Walken being Clem, being the mob guy in the first one, right. works. This movie, there's nothing, I mean, there's just nothing to hold on to. I mean, literally, guys, the camera is constantly moving. Like you're watching a Michael, an even worse Michael Bay movie. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's just constantly moving, and they're just saying dialogue. It's, Comedy by Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's bad. It's bad, it's bad, it's bad. And it's Fred Wolf, I think, is a big problem. He, I think, yeah, he wrote... Along with David Spade, this one as well as the first one, another guy directed the first movie. I think that was the last movie that that guy directed. They should have found a way to bring him back. If he died, they should have resuscitated him or revived him <laughs> and, and have him do this one. Or got his brother or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because this movie does not work. And I think in some ways it kind of shows you that if this movie was actually done by a movie studio... I would think a producer, a better producer, would have stepped in and fixed something because more money would have been on the table for this movie. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, don't... it wouldn't have fixed much if if you kept the same people that were making the movie. You know, obviously, right? But so okay. So at the end of the day, then zero, zero Just... stars. <laughs> okay, it's I can't say zero fucking because again, I'm I laugh genuinely chuckled or laughed a few times awesome <sighs> well there we go zero fucking stars well not really it's just zero stars from both of us um all right so let's see next week's movies are going to be pixels and mission impossible 5 rogue nation now again tim is in town uh, so that definitely changes the format of the show a little bit. Uh, but I would like to... Um, a three squared. That's an interesting choice for three squared. Could you please explain that? Movies nobody knew had sequels. So our favorite movies that Not no necessarily one knew had sequels. Because that's kind of like what the whole shtick of the three squared is. It's picking things that we like that fit the category. No, not really, because we've done stuff that we didn't like. I don't know. I'm not following. I mean, I'll play along, so, but I'm, so, okay. I'm not following here. <laughs> so so, so, so what, what I mean is, like, say uh, say 20 years from now, we did this, we did the, uh, and and our, our kids got together and did a podcast, and, and they decided <laughs> to do this 20 years from now. Or fifty years from now, whatever. Sure. And and one of the them could the death of the SLS cast. What happened? Yeah, exactly. And then one of them could have done, could have chosen Joe Dirt two, and then the and then and then two other ones. So you just picked three movies that were sequels to other three movies that nobody knew. So so movies that people didn't realize. I thought it was straightforward. I, I guess. Well, no. I mean, well, again, because for me, three squares are either things that we like or things that we don't like, depending on the category, which would be pretty, that relate to the topic. So our favorite producers, or our favorite soundtracks, or our least favorite 
uh, characters in movies, you know, char- character tropes in movies or something like that. But it um, could it could but, be favorites. But, I mean, know. your least favorite or least favorite. So I get yeah, uh, but um, because you got French so, connection okay, too. So so are we sure? So are we looking at sequels that? Nobody knew existed like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that French Connection got a sequel. Or are you looking at a movie like, oh, wow, I did not realize that this movie itself is a sequel to something. Oh, I see. Because most people, for example, would not have known that Silence of the Lambs is a sequel to Manhunter. Well, yeah, no, no, that, that would count. I mean, it's, it's both of those things. I mean, it's both. They, they both fall into the same thing. Okay. Yeah, they, they both do. I mean, it's like doing, uh, well, well uh, Jewel of the Nile is a sequel to Romancing the Stone. Sure. And I don't know if people, I mean, do people know that? I, I mean, I, I know some people know I that. I don't know. I mean, it's the same characters, right? I mean, yeah. you know, and then just like War of the Roses is supposed to be the final in that trilogy, uh, even though it's not the same characters, it's supposed to be the spiritual close to that. Yeah, trilogy. but technically, it's not. A, uh, War of the Roses is not a sequel, though. Ah, okay. See, Manhunter and Silence of the Lambs works because it's it's you know it's based. Tim off the is going to be really awesome at this one. <laughs> I can tell you right now, Tim's going to be fantastic at this, and I'm going to be like, okay. Even sitting in front of him, I can't tell if he's being a smart ass or not. <laughs> no, I swear to God, I don't know what I'm going to do for this. But, all right, so movies nobody knew had a sequel. Expect, That's a three squared. Expect a lot of pin tapping next episode <laughs> by Matt. I don't have anything to tap pin. Good, because hey, that hey. typing was damn annoying enough. Yeah, yeah, well. I hate that. I hate that. I have to go through episodes while I'm editing and, and try to... Well, I don't do it with the mic turned on, like, hardly ever. I do it a lot with the mic muted, though. Oh, no, you do not. I do it all the time with the mic muted. I do. I do. I just, because I'll be messing with it. I'm just, it's something to mess with. Oh, you're just messing around. Yeah. So. I'm not not doing it out of frustration or anything. You know what's hilarious? This entire time I thought you were an asshole and doing it out of frustration. We're learning things tonight. We're coming. Wow, I was actually gonna poison you, but now I realize that. Yay! Oh, look at that! It's like getting scratched off the list in Billy Madison. There, now you can relax, kick back on the couch, and put the lipstick on. You know, it'd be great. Lipstick, <laughs> yes. <laughs> on right, it was Billy Madison, right? No, is wait, which one's the one? Is it's Billy Madison, right? The one where he has to like go back and do school again? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, just making sure. So, we'll talk about we'll talk about how Adam Sandler has hurt us all next week when we talk about pixels. <sighs> you don't you don't have to see this movie if you don't want to. No, no, it's okay. You, much <laughs> like Joe Dirt, you've already had to suffer through it, so I'll I will suffer through it myself. <laughs> anyway, all right. So yeah, so next week's bonus segment is going to be. Uh, a three squared movies uh, nobody knew had a sequel. Um, the movies for next week will be Mission Impossible 5, Rogue Nation, and Pixels. And we'll probably have a little light sprinkling of news, as well as catching up on the further adventures of Tim in Las Vegas and Houston when we go to record again. So I think we are now at the spiel, right, sir? Spiel on! <laughs> 
I thought you were going to do Let the Spiel Begin. <laughs> Let the Spiel Begin. I was juggling ice in my mouth. That's awesome. All right, folks. Well, the music you've been listening to, I don't even know if there's going to be music. Fuck it. Are we doing music? No, there's no music this time. We can do the intro music. Okay. The intro music that you heard was brought to us by our music partners, Cries of Solace. You can check them out at ReverbNation.com and Facebook.com, both slash Cries of Solace. As for us, we are, of course, the SLS Cast, and you can find us at SLSCast.com. You can also send us an email to the show at SLSCast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the SLS Cast. You can follow me, this is Matt, on Twitter at Nitwit12345. And, of course, you can get aboard that information superhighway and track down Tim on Twitter if that is your heart to desire as well as favoriting us on stitcher radio and subscribing to us on itunes or maybe not stitcher since our audio sounds like shit on there it really does i'm just really kind of upset about that anyway so until next week this has been matt with no quote because it's fucking 355 in the morning that's the quote Here's Matt saying, thanks to Matt, I get to say this. There's no quote because it's 3.55 in the morning. And this is Tim saying, it, uh, it's good to be here. Spend 10 cents at the Monte Carlo on me. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh.